Hello and welcome back to a new episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. We continue our career development series this month of February. Last week, we talked about how to design, build, and drive your career and the five things that you need to do in order to take the driver's seat of your career this year. One question that I often get is, how do I get promoted? If that is a goal of yours this year, if you've been working hard to get that promotion and it's not happening, or you feel that you're ready to take on that next step in your career, well, today we're going to be talking about how to get promoted. Welcome to the Leading Yourself podcast. This is your host, Carolina de Arriba. I'm an HR professional, health and fitness coach, wife, mom, and above all things, a goal getter. In this podcast, we're going to be digging into all things leadership, professional and career development, habits, and relationships. This is a podcast for those who want to become the best version of themselves. Those who have big dreams and are willing to embrace the journey and put in the work to achieve them. My goal is to share with you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you in your journey. So let's dig in into today's episode. Over the last 20 years that I've been working in HR, I have been part of many conversations around making decisions to promote someone. I have talked to so many people that are looking to get promoted. Some of them come to me and say, I think I'm ready, or I know I'm ready. And maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you are in a place right now in your career that you feel that you're ready for more, and you believe that that more is a promotion. Or you are working hard to get that promotion because that's really, really what you want. Or maybe you look at people that are a level higher than you, those that are around you, and you look at them and you look what they do and you're like, I can do that. I'm going to make a confession to you. I was that person. I was that person that looked at my manager and said, I can do that. And guess what? Someone gave me the opportunity and they promoted me and I was not ready. And I made so many mistakes. Now, granted, that was the one experience where I learned the most and I grew the most because I was completely thrown to the water without knowing how to swim. And I feel a lot of times we see things from where we are. And as the quote says, we see things not as they are, but as we are. So a lot of times, you know, we have this perception that we are ready or that we can do what other people is doing. And then we get there and we realize that it wasn't as easy as we thought it was going to be. Well, regardless where you are or whether you can identify to any of the things that I mentioned today, or you are just trying to continue to work on your own development because down the road in the future, you want to continue to grow your career and you want to you aspire to go up the ladder in a corporate job? Well, today I'm going to share with you how to do that. As I said, over the last 20 years, I've been part of many conversations around promotions. 
I have been part of the decisions. I have been part of the processing of those promotion, of the communication of those promotions. I had so many career conversations with people wanting to get promoted. And that leads me to what I'm going to share with you today, because I started to see some patterns. See, when you see something done over and over again in different situations with different people, you start to see that they all have things in common. There are common patterns among those that are promoted versus those that are not. And I've been, I like to reflect in that way. I like to identify patterns. I like to identify commonalities so I can extract what it is that is behind it. And I put a little summary of 15 things that I think people who get promoted have in common. And I'm going to call them habits because these are things that these people do and do consistently and do differently than those that don't get promoted. Again, these are things that are going to increase the chances or the probabilities of you being seen, being recognized, and ultimately be promoted. There are no guarantees here. It's all based on your hard work, but all these things for sure, I am confident are going to help if you embrace them. Because as I said, I have seen them over and over and over again and are things that I've seen consistently done by those who get promoted. So let's dive into what are those 15 habits that will set you apart and increase your probabilities of being recognized and promoted. The first one is these people set and communicate their career goals. Before the start of the year, sit down with your manager. Um, any time really is a good time to sit with your manager. It doesn't have to be the start of the year, the end of the year, the mid of the year. Any time is a good time to sit down with your manager and discuss what are your career goals. I cannot tell you how many people I've seen along my career that really want to get to that next level, but they fail to communicate that that's what they wanted. So people assume they didn't want it and therefore they didn't get it. So it is important that you have an open conversation about where you see yourself in the future. That can be in the short, mid or long term or all the above. And Get that partnership with your manager. Your manager can provide you one feedback on whether he or she sees you going in that path or not, can give you feedback on what might be some gaps that you can work on and can support you in creating the opportunities within your existing job, within your existing role to be able to develop those skills that you might be missing or you might still need to further develop in order to get to where you want to go. Your manager can be your best advocate. It can be your best sponsor in your career, but it requires a partnership and that starts with transparency and trust. So make sure that you're regularly checking in with your manager and sharing what your goals are 
And what are you willing to do to achieve those goals? And what are you already doing in order to achieve those, those, those goals? And ask for his or her support in moving in that direction. Um, as I said, is the best person to give you the right opportunities to grow and provide you the support that you need as the co-pilot of your career. Because I'm going to go back to what we discussed last week, right? You are in the driver's seat of your career. So number one was set and communicate career goals. Number two, do what needs to be done and then some. People that I have seen over the years getting promoted, they're not only doing their job, they're doing their job exceptionally well, and they're doing more, right? They're not just doing the bare minimum to meet the requirements or the expectations of them in their role, but they're constantly looking for ways to go above and beyond. And that leads me to number three, which is being comfortable going beyond your job description to get the job done. Um, in other words, they do what it's needed, when is needed, right? It's important to master what you have in front of you, which is your day-to-day tasks, your job, but maintaining flexibility and offering to jump in to help with a project here and there will not go unnoticed. It could also show your management at your company that you are ready to move to more work responsibilities if you're able to manage your job and some other things on the side. And nowadays, I think, you know, companies are moving more towards this concept of uh, cross-functional projects because all companies are seeing the value of getting different perspectives in in projects. So um, if you look, you'll find for the right opportunities. You know, the other thing is that at work, we regularly encounter messy problems, challenges, complex cross-functional issues that maybe fall outside of your defined job boundaries, but the people who get noticed and get promoted, they don't just do, again, their assigned jobs, but they do the job that is required to solve that messy problem. They are problem solvers, right? And they're not afraid of stepping outside of their comfort zone. Um, You know, unless you have the most boring job ever, uh, and if you do, I'm so sorry that, because that for me will be torture Um, there will likely be times uh, that you will be asked to step outside of your comfort zone, right? Whether it's for a side project, as I said, whether your your manager asks you to jump on on an opportunity to work with a team in other parts of the organization. Um, Those are great opportunities to continue to grow and to show that you're not afraid of taking ownership, that you're not afraid of going above and beyond, that you're not afraid of stepping outside of your comfort zone. So see uncertainties as opportunities. Focus on adding value instead of avoiding the extra work. 
right? But at the same time, be mindful of what you say yes to and what you say no to, right? I've talked about this many times. It's not that you're going to jump in every single thing. Be intentional about what you jump in, but don't be afraid to see opportunities where there are problems or where there is uncertainty for you to add value. And when you do that, that will not go unseen. Okay, number four um, is finding, and I'm making air quotes here, you can't see me, but finding the white space at your company, at your team. White space is essentially the unoccupied area, right? Is is the areas where maybe there is no headcount, no budget, no authority in place, their rules maybe are vague or they're non-existent, and there is a ton of potential room for growth. So make it a personal mission to find and curate a solution to any of those white spaces that you encounter in your organization. And, you know, I was talking to someone recently and I, he was talking to me about his career path and it was very interesting. This person, and I have seen this many times, it's not just this person, but um, this one remind me of this exact point as I was preparing for the podcast because he was explaining to me how every role that he's ever had in this company that he works at, it's a job that didn't exist before, meaning he didn't came and replace someone, but he came into a complete new role because he saw a problem, he saw a need, he shared that with the organization alongside with his ideas to or how to solve the problem and his willingness to jump at solving that problem or what that white space. And then a position was created for him to be able to occupy that white space and take that opportunity to support the company, the business in continuously growing um, and growing profitably. And that remind me of this point. People that get promoted tend to do those things. They're not just looking at the boundaries of the existing organization, but they're also looking at any spaces that are unoccupied in between those, which in large companies sometimes happens, right? We are so structured that sometimes there are blind spots here and there that we don't see. And the people that are able to see them and are willing to jump at solving them and take ownership for them, those people are seen many levels in the organization. The next one is don't be afraid to take charge. Show your leadership potential. You know, one of the situations that I have seen over and over the years is people who work on individual contributor roles and they aspire to be people leaders and they feel that it's so hard to make that jump because every time they interview for a role that has people leadership, they are missing that experience, right? And I would say you don't have to be in a role where you have direct reports to exhibit and develop your leadership skills. If you Do you display passion 
trustworthiness, decisiveness, and confidence. These types of leadership skills are essential to getting promoted, and they don't require you to supervise people, right? I talked about passion, trustworthiness, decisiveness, and confidence. After all, the first step in being a leader is look for opportunities to act like a leader. That can be in a meeting, that can be in a task force, that can be in a project, that can be in, in a hobby at work, which this is one of my favorite things. I always, always in my career have looked for hobbies at work. What are some activities that are not related to your job that you can get involved at work? Nowadays, if you work in the corporate world, most companies have employee resource groups affinity groups, those are great opportunities to look for like leadership roles that you can take. Um, some companies have community outreach groups. They are, look for what are some groups inside your company that you can join that can help you develop those leadership skills. And don't forget, you can develop and you can show your leadership skills where you are today. And I don't know where you are. I don't know what job you have. I don't know what company you work at. But I know this. Wherever you are, you can show your leadership skills. You just need to be intentional about it and act as the leader that you want to become. Number six, network with the right people and stay connected. Don't forget about the stay connected piece. Take advantage of every networking opportunity that you have, even if it's a small get together with a new coworker at lunch. Never underestimate anyone, right? Networking with others within your organization and you know, will allow you to get to know people who can provide you support now or in the future. It's also a chance to promote yourself and your skills as well. You can recap similar benefits by getting involved with groups in your organization, like the ones I was mentioning before, like, like employee resource group, outreach groups, community groups, any of those. Um, you know, be active when there is events at work. If there's an event at work, show up and use the opportunity to network. Also, when I say network with the right people, I, I believe two things with this. One. You should network and don't discriminate with who you network because you never know how things are going to evolve and where people is going to be or where you can be of support to others or others can be of support to you. But then the second part of that networking with the right people, that means think about we started this conversation and we talked a lot about last week on having clarity about what is that you want? What are your career goals? And if you have that clarity, try to identify who are people that can help you get more visibility about how that looks like, people that can help you brainstorm how you can get there, how can you develop skills, people that can open a door in the future for joining a project or an opportunity, or you want to be in their radar if their opportunity is in their perimeter, because you know that working with them or in the area where they are can really help you to get closer to where you want to go. 
And very important, don't forget to stay connected. I see so many people going to networking events and making this great connection, which is amazing. It felt so rewarding that you connected with the person that you wanted to connect it or with anyone for that matter. But if it stays at that and there is no follow-up at all and you don't stay connected with those people, what is the point? You know, during the pandemic, I did a podcast episode on how to make networking less scary. I will put the link on the show notes of this podcast episode. I share with you my framework to network and stay connected. And I am an introvert, believe it or not. So if you're an introvert and you're saying that is scary or I can't do that because I'm an introvert, that is just an excuse. You can. If I can, you can. So check out that podcast episode. I'll put it on the show notes of this podcast episode. And what I talked about, that framework that I use, that applies for anyone, right? Even if you are an extrovert. I do not discriminate. This framework works for everyone. I um, I hosted a session after airing that podcast episode. And I can't tell you how many people came back to me and said, it works. It works. So check it out. Don't miss it. Okay, we're in number seven. Be engaged. Get involved. Being engaged goes beyond paying attention or taking notes in a meeting, right? Both of which are also important. But being engaged means being an active member of your organization. Attending every optional lunch and learn or learning opportunity or network opportunity or coming up with new ideas for sharing successes in the workplace or showing your commitment um, to the success of your coworkers, right? Be engaged. Don't just show up, do your work and leave, but be engaged. Be engaged with the people around you, be engaged with the company, be engaged with the problems, be engaged with the projects, be engaged at meetings, be engaged. Number eight, keep learning and take initiative. Show your manager that you're committed to continuously improve and develop your skills by finding learning opportunities. Those could be at work and outside of work. It doesn't mean that you need to get a master's degree or a PhD degree. Those are great but you don't have to, um, unless that is something that you personally want to do. Instead, what I'm talking about is looking for webinars, um, attending conferences, asked um, to be put on projects outside of your department. Show that you're serious about your career and that you're not waiting for someone else to tell you what to do, but take that initiative on signing up for all of these things. And the best part, you don't need to spend money to do all of those things. I know that is one of the biggest excuses, that and time. And I'll tell you this, if you really are committed to your career, you will find the time, not you will make the time and you will find the way. There is a ton of free webinars that are offered these days. There are great podcasts out there, great books that you can you know, read, 
There's so many things out there that don't cost any money. A lot of times I hear people that they want to get into this big glamorous programs that their company offer and they are not given the chance to attend or they're not selected to attend so they don't do anything. Look, those programs are great, are amazing, but those are not the only way that you're going to continue to grow and develop. I will say those are a small percentage of what contributes to your overall growth. What you do day to day, that is what really contributes for you continue to grow and develop your skills. Be a lifelong learner. Don't never assume that you know all that is to be known. And take the initiative to look for those opportunities. I personally invest time every single day in learning. I know people that I've seen that grow really fast in companies. This is something that they do as part of their routines. They make the time to do this. They sign up to all the events, to uh, all the trainings, to all the webinars. I think to an extreme like me, it becomes FOMO, fear of missing out of all these opportunities. But when I see people that are so committed to continuously learn and continuously improve, I see someone that will get further along in their career. Okay, number nine, be solution-oriented. This point might sound obvious, and we already kind of touched on it a little bit, but be especially self-aware during your day on when to speak, not only to do um, your job, but to solve problems. What are those moments that matter? Like meetings or project proposals, but also could be casual chatting on the side about, um, I don't know, whatever is that you're talking about with someone on the hallway, right? It can be even not work-related, but offer ideas to solve the problem. Be always focused on solutioning, on... um, being solution-oriented. How can you offer ideas to solution things, problems, achieve goals, make progress on projects, or even things that are not related to work? Because that, when you're consistently solution-oriented, then people will see that in you. They will see as someone that no matter in what situation they're thrown at, they'll be able to solve it. And that is a good thing because if you're going to get promoted, if that is what you're looking for down the road, you're going to put in a role that you're not 100% ready to do. I always say if you're 100% ready to do that job at the next level, that means it took too long for you to get there or for someone to put you there. But if things work the way they should, you will get promoted, and when you get to the next level, there is going to be a learning curve. There's going to be situations that you haven't faced before that are different from what you've done before. So you showing up consistently in every single situation as being solution-oriented and able to solve those situations and find ways to solve problems, a variety of problems in different contexts, that will give 
your management, your leaders, the confidence that you will be able to do that if you were to be promoted. Okay, number 10, make yourself indispensable. What do I mean by this? Um, Some people call it make yourself irreplaceable. I don't think anyone is irreplaceable. Everyone can be replaced. But what I mean by this point is what I have seen people who get promoted. And when I am in conversations with managers about, is this person ready? Or when a manager approached me saying, I need to promote this person, here is why. One of the common things that I tend to hear is that that person is the go-to person for something, right? How can you make yourself an indispensable member of your team? One way to do this is to become the go-to person for something specific, whatever that is in whatever area that you are. People that are in positions like this, um, not only they are sought after by their colleagues, by their coworkers, by other people in the organization, but also are seen by leadership because they naturally stand up as someone who is able to, to, what is the word that I'm trying to find? They just stand up, right? Because they are the go-to person for, for something that is business critical. And that part is important, right? Don't be the go-to person on how to do expense reports or don't be the go-to person uh, unless you are working in a company that does expense reports, right? But you know what I mean. Don't be the go-to person for the very tactical, operational type of stuff. Be the go-to person for things that are really critical for the business you're in. And that way you're going to stand up, not only with your manager, but with other leaders in the organization and among your coworkers. There is this fear of losing people like that that exists in every organization. Because when you have people like this, it creates a comfort zone for everyone around that, oh, there's always this person that we can go to, right? And it gives that peace of mind, that confidence that we'll figure it out because we have someone that knows how to. So become that person. How can you become that person? And that requires a lot of the things that I mentioned before, right? By doing a lot of the other things that I already mentioned, you can get to be that person. But you need to have that vision of what is that area? that is critical for your business, where there is that white space and you can be that go-to person. Okay, number 11, encourage and celebrate your team members' success. Of course, highlighting your own accomplishments um, is important. And I have seen a lot of people that are amazing and they have so much potential and they're so good but they fail at selling themselves. But I'm not talking about that right now. I think it's even more appealing than a high performer is a high performer who lifts up the team around them. Every time that someone around you experiences a win, whether it's big or small, celebrate with them. 
empowering your colleagues, your coworkers. We're strengthening your organization, your team, as well as getting you noticed as a true team player. And now, don't do it just for the sake of doing it or don't do it because you want to get noticed. Do it because you genuinely, you are genuine about celebrating those wins. And here's the thing. You're going to make that person feel so good and you're going to feel so good in return for having made that person feel good. So encourage and celebrate your team member's success. It is not enough to be a high performer. You need to also know how to be a team player because no one can achieve anything on their own. Not in the long term, not sustainably, not in a way that is impactful to the company. You need to be able to work with a team. And part of that is being able to lift people up in the team so it creates the engagement and the energy that is required for you and your team to get to the next level. Okay, number 12. Be resilient and finish strong. I have seen so many people getting excited about doing a lot of the things that I mentioned before, stepping outside of their job, signing up for a project, getting a hobby at work, all these things. They get really excited. They're really motivated. They have lots of energy. They have a really strong start. And then on the way there, Their energy evaporates, is like a balloon that loses its air, and they don't finish what they started. That is very dangerous. Don't be that person. If you are going to commit to do something, commit all the way through. See that thing through. They... um. I've seen also a lot of people jump into a new job. And they do a great job at the beginning. And then things started to get hard and they jump to the next job. Or I have seen people who stand out for many of the reasons that we talked about. And they get moved to one role to another until they get to a point in their career where they look back and they look at their resume or someone looks at their resume even worse. And they don't have any victories under their belt. And that also is very dangerous. You need to commit all the way through to see things through, to get those victories under your belt, to say, I started and finished this. And not only I finished, but I finished strong. I did it in a way that stood up, that was above and beyond what our initial expectation was. That is what people who get promoted do right? Um, In fact, last week I was talking to someone at work and um, she she was invited to look at an opportunity in a different area. And she was very concerned about it because she has been jumping very quickly. I think three jobs in five years. And a lot of those jumps happened before he had seen things through, right? But they were great opportunities and management was the one who put those opportunities in front of her. So she jumped at them. But she's in a point in her career that, one, 
she didn't want to let her team down because she had made a commitment to her team that she will see things through. And two, because of what I just told you, right? She's never seen those things through. And she knows that, you know, at one point, that is not going to be enough. People are going to want to see what are the things that she has accomplished. And in order to accomplish something, to say that you did accomplish that big thing, you need to see that big thing through. So um, if you have been in that situation and I want you to do something, I want you to pause this podcast right now and look at all the roles that you've had since you started your career and try to identify what are those big wins that you have on your belt on each of those roles that you've been at. Can you come up with those big things that you did accomplish that had a business impact? A lot of times we can say, oh, I do these lofty things, but it is important that those victories have a business impact. If you're able to identify one or two like big things that you did above and beyond that had a business impact in the roles that you've been, you're on the right track. If you haven't, maybe it's the time to focus on that right now in whatever role you are right now. How can you commit to something and see it through and deliver beyond the expectations? Have that strong end. When I talk about being resilient and finish strong, I'm also talking about the fact that these people don't easily escalate issues right? Or pass them to others or inherited problems to others, but they finish strong to deliver results reliably with an upside surprise, that extra mile, right? They, they, they don't go to their manager to escalate all the issues. They find solutions. They try. There is their goal that nothing gets escalated to the next level because they've done such a good job that there is no need for that. And whenever they need to escalate something, they do it alongside a proposal on what to do, right? So that is another pattern that I consistently see in people who get promoted. Number 13, we're almost getting there. Number 13, they are hungry for feedback. Feedback is a gift and they see it that way. They are hungry for feedback. They're constantly asking others for feedback on how they are doing. Look, I'm going to talk about myself and not because I want to brag about myself, but this is something that um, I'm very proud of myself for being this way. I am the kind of person that always is hungry for feedback and feedback in all directions, right? I might be in a meeting and after the meeting, I will ask someone in my team, hey, how did I came across? Do you have any feedback for me? Or at the end of every year, I do my own 360 evaluation. I think I mentioned it here in the podcast, but I switched jobs last, last year. And the last thing that I did before I left my old job is a 360 evaluation. Because I thought this is the best opportunity to get the most unfiltered, honest feedback that can help me continue to grow and to identify my blind spots because that is what feedback does. It allows you to identify your blind spots. It allows you 
to identify how you are perceived by others, and it gives you hints of what can you do to continue to develop and grow, whether it's related to a promotion or is not, just as a person, as a professional. So be hungry for feedback and not only ask for feedback, but be willing to do something with that feedback. And not always you're going to do what people tell you to do in those feedback um, mechanisms, but see it, identify patterns, identify, you know, things that are consistent that many people brought up and try to use that to help you identify what is that you can do to continue to grow. Number 14, listen, stay open-minded and adjust. You know, we live in dynamic environments and that means fast changing conditions, moving targets that make existing practices obsolete very, very quickly. So by the time that you figure things out, the situation could have changed again. Um, So, People who get promoted, they don't stick to what they know, but they're constantly asking for guidance, for input, and they're constantly making adjustments in their approach. And this now more than ever is so much needed because as I said, we live in a such fast-paced, changing environment. We live in a buka world. And we need people that are able to stay flexible and agile and don't stick to something just because they put in three, four hours of work in developing and now it has to be the way that they design it. But they're willing to ask for feedback, to get guidance, to get input. And most importantly, they're willing and they adjust their approach as needed. Okay, the last one. Number 15, document your success and advocate for yourself. When you are at a point that you're having a career conversation, a performance review, or maybe you want to have that conversation with your manager and say, hey, I think I'm ready for a promotion, or at least I'm interested in getting to the next level. It is important that you are very aware of the kind of value that you bring to the business, right? It's about really being able to speak to what you have to offer, what you've done, what you've accomplished, but most importantly, the skills that you have and how you can use and leverage those to continue to contribute to make a bigger impact in your organization. I mentioned it before, I see a lot of people that do all the things that I talked about today and they fail on advocating for themselves. They're just waiting for someone to see them and take action instead of taking the ownership. And when we take the ownership of our career is also being willing to advocate for ourselves and not in a way that is pushy or in a way that you know, triggers people in the wrong way. You know what I mean? You know those people, don't be one of them, but be able to speak up to what you've done. And one thing that I like to do is to do monthly reflections. Um, At the end of every month, I do reflections personally, but also in my career. And I think about, okay, what did I accomplish this month? 
Um, what impact did I made? What were the highlights and the lowlights of this month? What did I learn this month? And I am, I have created this little like career journal for myself over the years of, of things that I do to help me document my success. So then I can go back and look at it because here's the thing. We are so busy. There are so many initiatives. There are so many projects. There are so many problems. There are so many challenges that at the end of the year, it's hard to remember all the things that you did. And it is hard for your manager to remember all the things that you did. So if you keep a career journal and you're documenting all of those things, the good and the bad, right? I'm not only talking about the highlights, but also the lowlights and also the things that you learn. If you are able to do that, then you can have a great conversation when you're sitting down with your manager having that performance review or talking about your career or advocating for yourself. So um, I am making this career journal available to everyone. I'm going to put it on the show notes of the podcast episode. If you feel that you struggle to document your success, to advocate for yourself, or if you're just looking to create habits that will help you in all these 15 things that I talked to you about, this career journal can help you with all of it. So I'll put a link on the show notes of today's podcast episode so you can check it out. And if you decide to grab it, I would love to hear your experience using it and how it's helping you to become more confident, to be empower yourself because you have the power to empower yourself when it comes to your career development. So do it. Empower yourself. Take ownership. As we talked about last week, design, build, and drive the career that you want. Don't wait for someone else to do it for you because no one has more interest than you do in developing your career. Okay, those are the 15 things. And as you can hear, as you can see, these things take work, right? It's not going to be easy peasy, but if you consistently work on these things, and you don't have to work on all of them at once, I've talked about this many times when you're trying to develop habits, you need to start small. So pick one that resonated with you today and try to focus on that one thing for the next 30 days or the next six months, depending on which one you pick. It might take some time for you to have the opportunities to even put these things in practice. Pick one or two, the ones that resonate most with you, the ones that you think can yield the best results for you, or the ones where you see you have the biggest opportunity to develop. And I promise that if you embrace these things and you do them consistently, is going to exponentially increase your chances of being seen, getting recognized, and eventually getting promoted. I hope that this podcast was helpful. If you have any questions around career development, I am collecting all of your questions as I'm planning future podcast episodes as part of this series. So send them my way. On the show notes of this podcast episode, you'll see the information on how you can connect with me. 
I hope that you reach out and we get connected in any way, shape, or form. And if this podcast episode was helpful for you, as always, I'm going to ask you that you share it with someone that you believe can benefit from today's content. With that, I hope you have an amazing week ahead, and I will see you here again next week for another episode of the Leading Yourself podcast.